Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And uh, this program shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and make your dreams come true. We're in our 23rd year here on Voice America, and we have a wonderful guest. I have her on every other month or every quarter. My guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of Bama Industries, Bama Companies. They make most of the apple pies and frozen food desserts for Walmart and for McDonald's and for Pizza Hut and for many of the fast food chains. She, it's a family-owned business. They are over 80 years old. She assumed the responsibility of CEO in 1984, and now Bama Companies has grown. It's now Bama Pie, Bama Foods, Bama Frozen Dough, Beijing Bama, and Bama Europa. So it's really all over the world. Welcome, Paula. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And I must have been in the crib in 1984, right? <laughs> Most right. of our viewers probably weren't even born then. <laughs> well, what we're going to talk about today, speaking of all that and like trends and where we are, is we're going to talk about fast food trends because when we talk about them, we're not just talking about numbers. We're talking about the way people are living because food is just so much part of it. So mm-hmm. what I want you to do is talk about some of the trends and these are consumer trends that that we're really looking at for you know for 2023 and what we're saying is the technology is going to remain as it was in 2022 it's really going to remain at the forefront mm-hmm. so we're using technology more and i think that would mean more in robotics or would that mean more in the way we get our food online or both what do you think Well, I think for the suppliers, definitely robotics is playing a very important role in our production of the food. Uh, I think a lot of the uh, consumer demands have driven us to cleaner labels. So I think clean labels has been around for about the past uh, seven or eight years. But I think technology in the restaurants is going to be much slower. I think there, there are a lot of experiments going on. But Patricia, let's just call it like it is. It's going to take a lot of capital. And most of these restaurants are not going to be able to pour, afford to put in an automatic French fryer, an automatic hamburger cooker, and you know, an automated this and that and the other. Now, what they are doing is automating what, what I call the front of the house, which is with the kiosks that you see. So they've eliminated the ability in the store to have so many people taking orders. So most of the restaurants, I'll just say it also like it is, drive-through traffic is at 80 and inside the restaurant sitting down and eating occasions is 20. So you're seeing a lot of improvements in technology at the drive-through. So it's uh, a lot of times now, especially on the East Coast, where uh, in the West Coast, where, where labor is super expensive. What you're seeing is uh, you may drive up to the kiosk, to the to the outside microphone. That microphone may be being talked to through a call center that sits in India or the Philippines. 
Mm-hmm. So the person sitting there talking to you, taking your order, may be a, a Singaporean, a, a Korean, a Philippine, Filipino, or an Indian person. So those are some of the technologies I think that you'll you could actually see go across the country in the next few years. My question about that is, what does that do to the workforce? What about those people that now don't have those jobs? Right. So the 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 bottom line is, Patricia, most of the United States workforce does not want those jobs anyway. Um, they're viewed as low end, almost, you know, part of the hospitality industry, but very low end, low skill kind of starter jobs. And many of the, you know, the Gen X, Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen, you know, the, the, the new gens, um, they don't want to do those jobs. Used to be, you know, our high school kids, that's how they made their allowances. Right. They start, right. you know, they started a fast food restaurant. They learned how to run a back a house. They learn how to, you know, meet with customers and it's, they move up and that's been proven. But today's teenagers tend not to work as much and they tend to be more home on their, you know, on their uh, games and things. So a lot of that workforce is now immigrants and people who are coming in, you know, that don't have a lot of skills of speaking English or English Mm -hmm. isn't their primary language. So they can start at a fast food job and still be able to move up. Um, And those are the people that will be displaced by the call centers. Mm -hmm. It's also saying here, too, that's very interesting, is that as our habits are shifting away from eating inside, what's going to happen is restaurant brands will acquire real estate and then off-premise technology. And so it'll be more mobile order, curbside and drive-through without going inside. Right. And that's been that's been happening for the last 20 years, Patricia. Those drive through trends uh, have only gotten higher. The percentages have only gotten higher since America has become so mobilized in 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 how we eat. Mm. And those trends have not reversed for the last 20 to 25 years. In fact, it's gotten even higher. So most quick service restaurants, which you're calling fast food, most of that is delivered from a drive-through for a person not getting out of their car. Mm. Now, a lot of the technology is also being driven by DoorDash, by delivery services. And it's funny, I was over at my daughter's house last night and she they wanted tacos. They've got she's got two little kids. They didn't want to go out. She called DoorDash, got tacos, you know, and burritos and stuff delivered. It was I didn't even realize that that was being that was one of the companies that would, you know, send out food via delivery service. So I would say probably uh, 70% of America's quick service restaurants have a relationship either with DoorDash or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Uber Eats or something where they can get food delivered. And mm-hmm. that is new technology also. Mm-hmm. There's also new technology that's come into curbside pickup. So probably the people that are listening to this have, have either used DoorDash to get food delivered to the home. They, they go to drive throughs 
or they go to curbside pickup. They That means they order their meal earlier in the day. And then when they get to the restaurant, it's ready. Someone brings it out to them because mm-hmm. that's why it's called curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. And they give it to them and then they pull away and drive away. So it saves them time in the drive-thru. They yeah. don't have to wait. So, and, and you see that in stores like Best Buy, right? And, or, you know, a lot of the electronic stores. You, you see a lot of that. Oh, or, yeah. Like, like Target. Uh-huh. People yeah. pulling up to the curb. Yeah. 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 It, there's another thing I want to ask you. Then I want to kind of get your take on all of this and kind of what it's doing to our, you know, the, these trends and how it affects the way we live. But here's another thing. What it's saying here is that competition is getting stronger because now there's more competition between fast food brands and what they're saying is is that what's luring people in more is healthier options cleaner ingredients environmentally packaging and that in some cases smaller restaurants may need to be more mission driven in terms of the environment and healthy menus to compete what do you think right the you know that there's a, a there's a, a lot of new restaurants that are vegan, that are uh, based on, yes. uh, you know, shakes and uh, food that's, you know, uh, you get mixed up wheatgrass and this and that and different things. The problem is, is they aren't real scalable because it's not a trend throughout the whole country. You right. might see a... Uh, vegans, lots of vegans. My uh, boyfriend and I just went to the wine country and you see a lot of vegan restaurants. You see a lot of specialty, kind of small, one operator type, all kinds of specialty things. Maybe a seafood focus or maybe a, uh, you know, a no carbohydrates or maybe no, no, all protein and no, you know, it's a, it's a mixed bag and a lot not a lot of chains are in those specific pockets like Sonoma or Oregon right. or right. Washington State or California along the West Coast. But when you get into middle America and you've got to deal with people who don't have a lot of money and they don't have, they're still going to hamburger joints. They're still going, you know, they're still eating tacos. They're still eating um you know, uh, Mexican food. They're still eating a lot of, a lot of what you would consider high fat, saturated fats and high uh, cholesterol and those types of things. And think places like McDonald's, for example, which is a major client with you. I mean, think about it. They are as they're growing. And with all this competition, Paula, and all the different kinds of foods, they're still a mainstay that aren't going away and really haven't been hurt by all of this. Why do you think that is? Is it because people are more meat eaters? Do you think it's that McDonald's has offered some more um, vegetarian kinds of things like salads or chicken? I mean, what do you think the answer is there? Well, McDonald's is offering more chicken, but let me tell you this bottom line, it's fried. Um, is there's not there is a grilled option, but most of the most of the chicken that goes to McDonald's is fried. So now they're trying to make the coatings less, you know, less dense, less heavy. Uh, but the number one selling chicken sandwiches in the country is Popeye's chicken sandwich, and it's loaded with breading. It's mm. super crispy. It's got a ton of breading on it. And it's served with a, you know, kind of a mayo type base, some pickles, yeah. and no, yeah. no real lettuce, tomatoes, no, no, none of that. 
So Chick-fil-A is also the fastest growing chicken chicken chain. Uh, super, super high calorie, lots of sodium, lots of fried, fried chicken. Um, you know, P- Patricia, people like their fried chicken, their saturated fats, and their french fries. Um, mm. And the majority of America is still uh, hooked on you know, fried foods. So it's not health that's driving it so much as taste. And uh, honestly, uh, since COVID, a lot of chains have removed salads from their menu because, yeah. Wow. Now, something like a bagel is coming back at McDonald's. Bagels are coming back. People perceive bagels as healthier, but you can take a... uh, typical bagel it's 400 calories it's filled with carbohydrates but it's steamed it's you know it's baked it's not considered fried or whatever but it's four to five hundred six hundred calories for a bagel if you eat the whole thing so i still go back after all these years and i talk portion control i talk eating less of what you love so i was at dinner with about 10 people the other night People were cutting their sandwiches in half, taking the other half home. Uh, I've started doing that. I will not shy away from ordering a chicken sandwich, but I will cut it in half. And I will only eat half and I'll take the other half home. And then I won't eat out the next day. So you're saying, first of all, cut portion control is important. But we still have a lot of obesity in our country. Do you think part of it is that reason that people don't want to give up the fried foods or the heavy carbohydrates? Yes. Yes. And they don't want to eat a salad when they go out to a restaurant, to be very honest. They want a big steak. They want big baked potatoes. They want, you know, a lot of food. And until we sort of deal with that, in my opinion, for, you know, people see value in a big steak coming out on a big plate with a big baked potato. It's, you know, if I'm going out, I want to spend 30 bucks or 40 bucks. I'm going to, I want a big steak. I want a big platter full of food. So until that changes, I think people have started to care less. And this is what I've seen coming through the pandemic. I think obesity in this country is worse than ever. Mm. Because in some way, it's comforting. I mean, this is kind of a comforting, it's comforting food. Yeah, we're all scared to death, you know? We're scared to death of what's going on, what's in our bodies, what the vaccines are, what's the government spending going to do to me, what's the this, what's the that. Everyone is scared, and they eat because they're afraid. And so, you know, there's no place to go get a mental relaxation break except to go and eat a milkshake drink a milkshake or eat a big bowl of ice cream Mm -hmm. and it's interesting you say that because i do a lot of webinars and seminars on mental health Mm -hmm. it is such a big issue because we didn't talk about mental health before it was hidden now we're talking about it the way we talk about physical health because everybody's anxious yes and there's so much anxiety and, yes. you know, yeah. And I, I think you're bringing up that point about food because I've been interviewing some nutritionists and dietitians and they talk about, you know, eating more protein and eating less carbohydrate and not eating fried foods. But what what we're not bringing up is what you said, that people just they don't want to give it up. It's more important to them. For, for some people, that's more important than the healthier food. 
It's basically like a drug. It's like a drug. And Patricia, all these, and I know we've, we've got to come up to a break, so maybe we'll talk about it after. But I will talk about, if you want to talk about some of the vegan products that are out on the market. Yes. People are scared of those, too, because of the label. All right. We're going to talk about that. Very interesting. We're talking to Paula A. Marshall, CEO of Bama Industries, and they make a lot of the fast food desserts and pizza dough for Pizza Hut and Walmart and McDonald's. It's a very huge client. And Paula's been in this business since she's been a young child, grew up with her family, right? And has run the business since 1984 and really sees what's happening in this industry. And I think, folks, it's important to talk about this because it's, it's our lifestyle. It's who we are. It's not just about the food, right? All right, folks, you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream, and increasingly, a deliberate choice. Yet, our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Every conversation we have with the people in our lives is part of a relationship with them. From coworkers and bosses, to spouses, kids, and parents, to your favorite cashier at the grocery store, the path a relationship takes can have many twists and turns. The Relationship Road Trip, hosted by Dr. Don Azevedo, is here to provide a roadmap for your relationships. The Relationship Road Trip, Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 
You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. And today we are talking to Paula A. Marshall, who is the CEO of Bama Companies. And they make a lot of the fast food desserts for um, fast food restaurant chains such as McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut and many others. She took the helm in 1984. It's now an international company. Uh, she grew up with this. Her grandmother it started this business on her kitchen table. And the business is over for 80 years old. And it's really, really grown under Paula's leadership. So welcome back, Paula. All right. So, Paul, let's talk about right before the break, you were talking about you know, all the carbohydrates we're eating and all the fast food, but that a lot of people are afraid of the vegetarian, plant-based, vegan alternatives. And why? Why? Are you, where are you seeing that? Well, uh, I'm seeing it in, so the, the chains that have tested it, uh, Arby's, they dropped it. McDonald's, they dropped the test. Uh, the only chain that has stuck with it is Burger King. So Burger King's sales of the Impossible Beef Burger made from plants yep. is less than 1% of their mini mix. Now, really? Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that it is um, it doesn't taste good. But here's the problem. Let me read to you the, the ingredient list. Now, we go through and we talk about clean labels, right? Clean labels means fewer ingredients. It means what I read on the label. I want to understand it. I want to know what it is. Right. And I, I don't want all this surprise nonsense in the ingredient deck. <clears throat> Here's what we have. Now, you know soy protein has been thought for women. Soy is not as good of a product as, it, as we yes. thought. Maybe even encourages breast cancer in some people or uterine cancer. So I'm not going there. But here's what's in the Impossible Burger. Soy protein, uh, sunflower oil, coconut oil, natural flavors, 2% or less of methacellulose cultured dextrose, food starch modified, yeast extract, soy ligamoglobin, salt, mixed tocopherols, antioxidants, L-tryophan, soy protein isolate, vitamins and minerals, zinc, gluconate, niacin, thiamine hydrochloride, pyroxene hydrochloride, riboflavin, vitamin B12, and soy is the main ingredient. That is why people are not eating beyond burgers, beyond beef. Mm. But there may be other burgers that, that have more natural, don't have as many of those ingredients. There are black bean burgers. Now, the problem you run into is the what we call the binding agents. The binding agents, you can't pronounce the names. That's the problem. So we have, for example, gone away from, quote unquote, binding agents, which is the lysocellular, blah, 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 protein, blah, 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 yeah. binding agent. We use starch as a binding agent. We use cornstarch as a binding agent. That's very simple. It's a term people recognize and they're not afraid of it. So I think what the industry needs to recognize is it's not just good enough to call something vegan or vegetarian. If it has soy protein in it, that's a concern for a lot of women. 
so the Impossible Burger, which was thought to be the, the answer to all things vegetarian yes. in quick service restaurant, is not the answer. Now, is it a black bean burger? Is it a more natural burger? I don't know if there's enough black beans in the world, Patricia, if that thing caught on fire. But if it was going to catch on fire, wouldn't you think it was going to be flying through the grocery stores? These soy burgers have been around and these black bean burgers and these plant-based burgers have been around for 40 years in the grocery stores. They just don't sell. I I just have to tell you, speaking as an individual, I I mean, I've had them. I've had I think it's called I think you're right. I think it's the impossible burger. And I have really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I feel lighter than when I eat a regular burger. Yes. To me, I mean, somebody who's a burger eater will tell the difference, but I'm not a big burger eater. So for me, it's wonderful. I've also eaten them, Patricia, and I don't mind it at all. If, if I had uh, a big, huge health problem and it was important for me to be vegan, I would definitely eat those. I don't know that I would eat the Impossible Burger because of the soy content. Okay. I would probably go back to, uh, you know, because doctors will tell you everything about soy and it's good or it's bad or whatever. So I, I like the bean burgers myself and the ones made of brown rice and those type of things. Yes. Um, you put them on a grill, and you, to me, you really can't taste the difference. So, you know, once something is grilled, it ha- there's also pluses and minuses with grilling things. So, you know, what I've decided is I'm going to try to live my best life. I'm going to be active. I'm going to watch my portions. I'm going to try really hard to uh, drink a lot of water, those types of things. But I'm going to eat things that I enjoy. And if I want to have a hamburger every now and then and they bring me this big old burger, I'm going to cut it in half. I'm going to eat half of it. And I'm going to take the other half home. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do more with portion control than I'm going to do with trying to pick out a food that's not going to kill me. Because mm-hmm. at some point, you know, it's all at some point it's all going to get us. I personally think you can eat what you want. But you should cut everything in half, including our pies, including our biscuit breakfast sandwiches, including our hotcakes. I tell everyone that, including our pizza. Eat a half of the amount of pizza you would normally eat. If you would eat three slices, eat a slice and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, eat eat if, if you like pepperoni pizza, eat it. Just don't eat a whole pizza. Right, right. You know, it's like, for God's sake, Think of yourself, you know. Right, but the other thing, too, with that is that when you have started to reduce that, you can't, and you, if you keep eating half of everything, you can't go back to eating whole of everything. It's no. happened. You can't because your stomach isn't used to it anymore. And it's you don't food. want to, and you don't want to. You're happier with less food yes. that you enjoy than eating a bunch of stuff that you don't like the taste of it and hoping that you'll eat less. You know, it's just, I think our society is so programmed in our minds. If we go out to eat, we want to fill these big plates full of all this food because somebody's going to pay $12.99 for this big plate of food. They want to feel like they got, they don't want to see a little two ounce steak or a mini burger or something on their plate with three or four French fries. You know what I mean? It's hard to think. Yeah, but it, it and different people think differently. 
Yes. So with me, if you put that much food on my plate, I'm overwhelmed. Yes. I mean, you bring me this big plate and I'm looking at it and I'm seeing like three portions right away. I know. But you Patricia, know, you're like, you're not the normal person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying you're not beautiful. No, I understand. Not normal, but you're not. Most people love seeing that big, giant plate of food for three people. If they're going to pay thirty, if they're going to pay thirty dollars for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. It's just, it's all about mindset, Paula. Yes, and I wish that there were more people that thought like you and I and all my friends, believe me, we're all basically the same. We like to eat moderately. We don't want to be gigantic. You know, we don't, we get panicked if we're five pounds overweight, much less 35 pounds overweight. I have so many people tell me, oh my gosh, I've got to lose five pounds. I'm stressing over this. And it's like, I wish I heard more people say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hear people stressing until they've gained 35 or 40 pounds. And so what I like to try to do with people when I talk about physical health is pick up this thing that's 40 pounds, you know, pick up a couple of 20 pound weights and walk around with those for five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to realize what 40 pounds is doing to your heart to your pulmonary system, to your lungs. It's incredible what the light bulbs that will go off for people. Yeah. But I don't think enough doctors spend enough time telling people that, Patricia. Well, it's interesting. I I interviewed last week a a physician who specialized in obesity management and weight management through, um, whether it's through medication or through drugs or food. And basically what they were saying is the problem is, is with some people is that the hunger gets in the way and they just, and the hunger rules because that's our animal instinct. And that's why you have things like, um, I think it's called Ozempic. I think that's what it's called. Yes, yes. That's why they have uh, things like Ozempic, because that will naturally help to curb your appetite. And so for a lot of people, that's the answer because they just get hungry and that drive is going to override. Right. So it, it's and and what happens is they start blaming themselves. That's why these medications apparently are very, very helpful because right. it just takes your system and you don't have that drive for all that hunger. Right. And these these um, pre-diabetic, this, uh, you know, Ozempic or yes. uh, Saxinda or Manjaro or any of these type of trade names. That's why they're so popular, Patricia, because people are dropping 30, 40, 50 pounds. And in four or five months, they see tremendous results and there's no real downside. You know, the medicine is not doing your body harm while you're doing all this, like many weight loss drugs, you know, that we've had in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The question is, when you go down onto a more moderate program of it, can you can you maintain, you know, the weight loss and what there's what the statistics are showing is yes, people can go down to a more moderate level of the medication and they can stay, you know, the weight doesn't come back. That's always the problem with most 
weight loss situations, people don't look at it as a lifestyle change. They they tend to want to go back and forth to their overeating and their overcarbing and, and their over. And I think too, some of the foods you mentioned, the you know the fried foods and the carbs that exacerbates that hunger so that when people are on a drug like Ozempic or they're on a, a weight management program, they try to get them off of those, the fried foods and the carbs and eat more and, of the and, proteins. And to be honest, alcohol. Yes. Alcohol absolutely. is the number one cause of obesity. That study mm-hmm. that I just read, yeah. uh, overeating and alcohol consumption. Even even your bourbons, even your flavored drinks that have vodka in them, you know, you're drinking a four or five uh, glasses of cranberry juice or you're drinking four, four or five glasses of orange juice. It's they're all high calorie juices. So mm. they're not meant to have you, know, you be on this for, you know, five or six or seven drinks. So, you know, you look at when you go to a bar, you look at the most popular things that are going on there. It's flavored drinks. It's big, tall, you know, drinks that are like, you know, six inches, eight inches tall. And people are consuming those. There's a ton of sugar in them. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's really, it's fascinating. Um, as, I mean, you know, you, this, you study this because this is your business is the it food. Is. It's my business. Oh. And I, I can tell you, we talk and talk and talk and talk about smaller portions, about making the, the, the items smaller. And there's never any interest in it at all. What's your feeling about going to the, the, the occasion, the amount, the amount of visits to a fast food restaurant? Do you think, I mean, you're an owner, you may, you certainly make the foods for these restaurants, but should people go once a week, twice a week, every day? I mean, what, what's your feeling about that, Paula? The average consumer, Patricia, and we do research, so we know the what they call super heavy users, which is we call shoes, S-H-U, super heavy users. They go to fast, they frequent fast food restaurants 15 to 30 times a month. So that's twice a week no 15 to 30 times a month that's you know five days a week. that's every day oh my <laughs> wow for one yeah. meal for at, at least, least at least it may be two and but what and what is your average user that's your super heavy user yeah the, the average user is somewhere between uh seven and ten okay so, so once twice a week. And then your light users would be would be less than that. Once maybe once a month. Yeah. 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 So obviously we're always talking and dealing with super heavy users. So that's the big uh draw because those people are spending the most money. So who do you think we're targeting to? You know, those people that like to eat. And they mm-hmm. like to eat fast food. So, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be tasty, doesn't necessarily have to contain less sugar, doesn't necessarily have to have a natural label, doesn't necessarily have to have any of that. It has to be decadent, good, and increase the frequency of eating it. Mm. 
All right. We're going to talk more about this when we come back. We'll talk more about the fast food industry in general and our lifestyle and healthy eating and also our relationships with our customers in this as well. We're talking to Paula A. Marshall. She is the CEO of Bama Companies. They make fast food desserts. They started out making apple pies. Now they make pizza dough for Pizza Hut and McDonald's and Walmart. And they've been in business over 80 years. The business started on her grandmother's kitchen table. She assumed the helm in 1984. And we're talking today about fast food and food in general and health as well. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Every conversation we have with the people in our lives is part of a relationship with them. From co-workers and bosses, to spouses, kids, and parents, to your favorite cashier at the grocery store, the path a relationship takes can have many twists and turns. The Relationship Road Trip, hosted by Dr. Don Azevedo, is here to provide a roadmap for your relationships. The Relationship Road Trip, Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show 
Hi, everyone. We are back. We are talking to Paula A. Marshall. He's, she's the CEO of BIM Industries. They make the apple pies and fast food desserts for Walmart and for uh, McDonald's and for Pizza Hut and for many of the fast food chains. And they've been in business over 80 years. The business started on her grandmother's kitchen table, and she rose to the helm in 1984, and the company is now international with plants in different parts of the world. And now we're moving into talking about, you know, how do we really work with fast food and how do we get out of that sort of perpetuation of obesity? So welcome back, Paula. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Happy to be here. Yeah, I know you were talking a lot about before the trends because you study that, you know, as you know, in your business, making these foods, you have to know what's going on in the industry. But what you're saying is we're in some ways obesity is being perpetuated. We're in this loop. And now we have social media, which makes it worse. So, you know, how do we I mean, you certainly want to stay in business, of course, and keep selling your wonderful foods. But you also want to keep people healthy. And it's sort of a how do you do that when not everything that is being made is healthy? Right. And I would say, Patricia, we have been uh, on a charge with all of our customers. Our customers are Fortune 100 customers. They're global. And I, Clean Label has been something that I have been super supportive of. Clean Label is basically going back, you know, to everything is fresh going in and flash frozen. And so we don't need all these miles long ingredient decks with all these different kinds of ingredients that are basically chemicals that we don't know how it's going to affect the body. Now, I don't sell a whole lot of product into the supermarkets, but I do go into supermarkets. And I, I mean, companies like Whole Foods and and Aldi's and some of the it's Sprouts and some of these places are offering more vegan, uh, lower carb, lower, lower, you know, better for you, uh, you know, labels and that type of thing. The unfortunate thing is Whole Foods is filled with, and I see people in there every day, and they're filled with products that have a lot of uh, shelf life ingredients in there to keep them fresh while they're on the shelf. And that's what all the chemicals do. It keeps food fresh because it's boxed, packaged, and then it's going to go sit on a shelf. You know, mm-hmm. in a store. So most of those things, cookies, crackers, um, chips, even though they say organic and blue corn and all these kinds of things, they're made to sit on that shelf for up to 50 years. I mean, to be honest, wow. that's that's the longest story. You could you could leave that there and 50 years from now, that food will still be edible. A salting cracker will still be edible. They have low moisture contents. They have low water activity. So therefore, they're going to sit there for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I think our bodies have become used to is eating a lot of that food because you don't have home ec taught in high school anymore. You don't have girls who come out of, uh, and boys too, that come out of high school knowing even how to prepare anything unless it comes out of a box, goes into a microwave and gets reheated. So that's a sad commentary. So one of the things I try to do is say, 
let's work on portion control. Let's work on clean labels. Let's work on getting you outside and getting you active. And even if it's just walking, even if it's just, you know, go join a, a pickleball, go join a rec center, go play pickleball, go, you know, pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the United yes. States now. And it's an active sport. You have to be outside or you're going to go inside to a place. But there's going to be a lot of other people over 50 in there playing pickleball. And you're going to see up to 90, 95-year-olds in these places playing pickleball, which to me is the most exciting trend I could ever think of. Now, if we can get our Gen Zers and our Gen Yers off the sofas, off the games, off of the internet stuff, let's get them outside. Let's get them playing sports again. Let's get them active. Let's get them to community centers, you know, where they can play basketball or learn it, you know, some kind of sport or walking or jogging or something. Absolutely. Let me just ask you a question about in the ingredients that are in the apple pies that you make or the pizza dough. Over the years, have you tried to make the ingredients cleaner, less ingredients, less chemicals? Yes. Um, Eight years ago, in fact, we launched a brand new apple pie at McDonald's, Clean Label. We went from 15 ingredients down to six. Wow. Every single ingredient in that product, you know what it is. It's sugar. It's salt. It's um, it's water. It's apples. It's uh, cinnamon. It's, you know, it's that wow. type of thing. It's shortening, which you would buy at the grocery store. It is the cleanest label we have ever had in our product lineup. One of our pies has 280 calories. Mm. That is that is not that is nothing. I mean, you go to Burger King and get a blizzard and it's 700 calories. You wow. go to Starbucks, you go to Starbucks and get one of their big drinks, one of their big uh, frappe type drinks that everyone thinks is so healthy, 700 800 calories in one of those tall grande uh, Starbucks drinks. Just look at it. You cannot go in there in an afternoon and think of that as a snack. That is more than a whole meal. Mm-hmm. But but here's the thing, though. If if someone orders the apple pie at McDonald's um, that's, that's from Bama, they don't know that. And so they don't know that there are clean ingredients in the pie. Correct? Yeah. Now, McDonald's does advertise it on their website. Okay. What products are clean ingredients? And there's only a few things that they can't really put into a clean ingredient, and that is their shortening and their tallow because of what they add to it. It will never be considered clean. But the French fries, unfortunately, because they get fried in that, are not considered clean. But everything else on the McDonald's menu, the chicken, the beef, you know, the tomatoes, the lettuce, the that, the that, the that. Everything is a clean ingredient. Deb. All the all the baked goods, all the baked products, everything is clean. And a lot of people don't realize it's prepared fresh on site. It's not. I don't think they do. It's not prepared as a sandwich. My pies are baked on site, fresh every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the hotcakes are made fresh every day. You know, from I make the hotcake and then I freeze it instantaneously. It's hotcakes have six ingredients also. 
um, biscuits, nine ingredients. It's just, you know, we have gone clean and we are so proud of that, that you can eat our product. It's just like you made it at home. You know, that's exactly how it is. Do you think that that has helped sales, even though the customer doesn't know it exactly? I mean, they're getting it. They don't know what's from you. But do you think overall that's helped Bama in terms of doing the clean ingredients? It helps me have a better sleep at night, Patricia. (laughs) But people are still eating too much. You know, if you, the fact of the matter is, if you eat a whole meal, if you eat a big sandwich, fries, and have a, a, a Coke or a Diet Coke at McDonald's and you eat an apple pie, you've consumed probably over 1,200 calories. That's just a whole day's for, worth. Just for one meal. Yeah, that's what I mean. So we should be cutting that Big Mac in half. We should be cutting that pie in half. We should be saving the pie for a 2 p.m. snack and have a 120-calorie little snack and then yeah. save the rest of the pie for our 10 p.m. snack or whatever. It's, you know, it's about eating that much and just thinking about it as one meal. Mm-hmm. Because chances are they're also going to go out and eat 2,000 calories for dinner. Wow. So, Paula, what would you like to leave our listeners with about fast foods, um, you know, eating in general from being in the fast food? I I don't know if it do we call it fast food anymore? Is there another way to say it? it? We call it quick service restaurant. All right. All right. Quick service restaurants. What would be your you, Patricia, QSR? Okay, QSR. All right. QSR. Yes. And my message would be. I say frequent as often as you like. Just cut everything in half and save it. I warm up french fries, Patricia, in my air fryer. I eat half of everything I get at a fast food. I put it in the refrigerator. I reheat my burger and my fries in an air fryer. And I save that for later. Fries are actually better in an air fryer, reheated, Once you buy them from McDonald's and you want to save them, reheat them in that air fryer. Reheat your apple pies, please. Cut it in half. Reheat your other half of your apple pie for a minute in that air fryer. It's delicious. Interesting. How long would you keep your food before you reheat it? So let's say you went to McDonald's today. Should you eat it within a day? Should you eat it within two days, three days? I I reheat up to anywhere from two to three days. I keep my okay. food in the refrigerator and I try to reheat it in my air fryer. Have it at least for dinner. Don't go out. Or if I'm going out that night, I eat my leftovers at noon so that I'm having my portion, you know, right then. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is fast food is here and it certainly serves a purpose and it works. But we just have to we have to be more moderate in the way that we're at the way that we're using it. Yeah. Well, it's always wonderful to have you on the show. I mean, I love talking to you, too, Patricia. This has been really fun. Yeah. And it's always different, which is great. All right. Stay on the line just for a minute. So that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show with Paula A. Marshall. You can log on to Bama. Is it Bama dot com, Paula? www.bama.com yes okay and they can find you on facebook paula a marshall yes 
Ollie Marshall on Facebook. All right. To find me, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com. If you're looking to do your own podcast and you want to get your message out in a very positive way, I've interviewed 5,000 people in my career and can help you put that together. So contact me, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. My newsletter also, contact me, same email. And you can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. We'll be right back.